Greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. My name is Jeff and I'm joined as always by my good friends Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. Richard and Michael, they like to do the thing where they go at each other with different ideas of what the thing is supposed to be, of the thing that they're talking about. And this time around, that thing is what? The Mount Rushmore <laughs> of great songs less than two minutes in length. Uh, Michael chose it. Why? Uh, as I am wont to do, I was driving home listening to some music, and I heard a song, which will be one of my later choices, and I thought, wow, this this is such... It, I think it, the song of my choice was such a perfect song and though just how it was captured and it was such a short song too and just got me thinking, you know, we're so used to songs being anywhere from, you know, three traditional songs, traditional like pop songs. Your three-minute pop song. Three-minute, mm-hmm. three-and-a-half minutes. Sometimes you get like a four-minute song. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm sure later on at some other point in our podcast we'll record like an episode that's like great songs that are six, at least six minutes long. They're just you know, long and winding and Mm -hmm. multifaceted things. But like to write a song that's great, that captures everything you need it to in under two minutes. That's interesting to me. That's, I I love that, you know, it's like that when you're, when you're creating a mixtape and you're always being like, well, I I think I can get one more in here. Mm -hmm. I think one more in here, you know, we're, I'm at 87 minutes recorded stuff and I can get two more on a 90 minute tape let's see if I can do this let's see if I can find a song that's under two minutes but I I like a, a good short song that does it all and I did have one caveat which was no like no jokey stuff no like joke oh. songs so like if there's a Tenacious D song on here I'm gonna be very mad <laughs> also like interstitial stuff and skits we get it. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say one that I I had had on here. Oh, was a They Might Be Giants. They did this thing for this album Apollo 18, mm-hmm. where they had a uh, a suite called Fingertips, which were 21 different songs that are about a minute, about five seconds to a minute long. Mm. I think that would have fallen into your jokey, yeah, category. Maybe uh, it, you know uh, They Might Be Giants always kind of bridge that gap of I don't know what is serious. I don't know how serious they are about it. Right. So uh, I guess I would say let the judge rule on that if you do decide to use that. But eh, they are like the one band that is like, who are these guys? <laughs> they're right in the they're right in the middle of they can be anything, right? So it's not I, I wouldn't be a- offended by that. But like, you know, a tenacious D song, get out of here. I, lo- <laughs> I love the D though, <laughs> but not for this category, not well, for this uh, topic. Okay, okay, okay. Well, uh, um, you know, Michael chose it. Richard starts. All right, so my first choice is the song Allison by the Pixies. The song that was uh, written about the 60s jazz and soul singer, jazz and blues singer Mose Allison. So a lot of people hear Allison and they assume it's about a female Allison, much like Elvis Costello wrote about fact it's a tribute to a uh, one of uh, black francis's uh kind of uh, musical heroes mm-hmm. a song that was um under two minutes in length i think about comes in about a minute 15 or something like that oh wow that's real short it's short that's it's basically great. a couple of verses and a chorus mm-hmm. um enough to, uh, to the point where for the lead single from the album which was i believe that was trompe le monde they chose dig with dig for fire 
but for the video, they actually had Dig for Fire and then also tacked Allison on mm. as a second song in the video. Oh, that's funny. That's how kind of short, but also really good the song is. You know, it's it's probably one of the more commercially kind of pop-oriented songs that the Pixies did, mm-hmm. which is interesting, the fact that they kept it so incredibly short while doing that. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great example of a song that, has this real attack to it um, and is able to accomplish that in a very short amount of time. Hmm. A minute 15. It's something like that. I'll, I'll look it up to be exactly sure, but That's it's some, it's something it's something really small like that. The Pixies are an interesting band because they can, they can kind of um, go all over the place too. Right. A correction, it is off of Bossa Nova. Right. I, I don't want to get yelled at about that one. Yeah, nerds, put down your... Put down your pitchforks. <laughs> Pitchfork records. Put down your pitchforks. All right, Winfield, what do you got? Okay. Uh, my first choice, and I, I just, uh, mine are in order of just length of the song. Mm-hmm. And I, nice. wanted, I wanted a punk song, and I thought, oh, well, if I'm going to have a punk song, I'm going to have uh, Judy as a Punk by the Ramones. Okay. Nice. It's a song that just moves uh, from, you know, like all Ramon songs. They all tend to be pretty short. Yeah. But it just it just moves at such a clip. And Joy Ramon sings it at such a speed. And it's the same verse kind of, they even kind of sing about it. Second verse, same as the first, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they do a Henry VIII sort of thing. Or, yeah. uh, I'm Henry VIII sort of thing. Yeah. Is, they even once they get to the third verse, it's just a version of the first one over, over and over, and you know, just singing, um, "Jackie's a punt, Judy is a runt," mm-hmm. and blah, blah, and and off he goes. And I just love the energy of a song, and it just wraps up real quick, and you're like, "There you go." That's a great little Ramones ditty song, and you know, they were just so most so of Ramones. There are very few Ramones songs that are going to be clocking in in like five minutes. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, magnum opuses. Had, yeah, they probably had shows that were about five minutes. Probably, long. yeah. Do you think that the er, pop music has no really mandate on how long it needs to be other than, I, I guess, the structure needs to be shorter than the, the, the vinyl that it was put on originally or, or the medium that's, that's carrying it? But I think of... Uh, artists like Benny Goodman or or these people who played at dances and things like that or playing at shows, mm. they had people just wanted to come out and dance. And yeah, they had, they, the music was a thing was a thing for them to uh, to enjoy dancing and being around other people and to to get crazy too. So I, I think I would want a song to be long if it was <laughs> back in the day. I think the you know punk music when it started to come around, you know, it was definitely a lot of it was just kind of breaking norms and inventing something new uh-huh. and changing the structure of what songs are and, yeah. and, you know, and just reducing it down to, yeah, that's, this is all we need to have for the song there, yeah. we don't need to have. There doesn't need to be a bridge. There doesn't need yeah. to, you don't need to have the filler of like a traditional. Yeah. It's I think that's one of the interesting things about uh, a topic like this is, you know, uh, you have a song that has, you know, verse, verse, chorus, mm-hmm verse bridge some sort of reprise and you just start listening to pop songs and they all have 
a very similar structure and you get into a short pixie song a ramon song any sort of punk song and it just it can be what we want it to be not necessarily what a traditional uh radio play song is sure and uh that actually dovetails into my next choice right. very well super which is white white riot by the clash oh, lovely song great lovely great. lovely great. It is a great song. Uh, the first single that The Clash released, which I love that idea that this is your initial introduction into a band, and it's something that's, instead of like, okay, let's try and do something that's kind of big and, and sort of really gets you know gets us out there, let's do something that's like a minute for, minute 56, and mm-hmm. just get in, get in, say what you need to say, and get out. Yeah. That just very, feels very a piece of The Clash, a band that would later go on by the time you get to like Sandinista putting out three record albums and songs that are, you know, seven, eight minutes long, some of the dancey type stuff. That's interesting. So, but, you know, certainly in their early years and with the first album, very much in the, of, of the pop uh, playbook mm. or the punk playbook, I should say. Yeah. Um, you know, a song that is very direct with its lyrics. And I think it makes sense for a song that's direct about what it's talking about. Yeah. To have, you know, obviously it's a very much a three chord type song. And also to be sort of shortened in terms of the length of it. Mm-hmm. All right. That's it. Dude made a statement. Throwing down. Overbloated. Throwing down, man. <laughs> Cutting the fat. Cutting the fat. Okay, Winfield. My second choice. I do like that we're moving along. Moving along. We're mo- this is going to be a quick episode, you guys. Well, we'll, we'll, put in, we'll put in music and stuff. We'll, we'll fatten it out. We'll fatten it out. Uh, it is a song. Please, please, please let me get what I want. Oh, okay. Uh, by the Smith. Good times for a change. See, the luck I've had can make a good man turn back. So please, please. Wait, this was song. that the one you were listening to? No. Oh, wow. The song. I assumed you just had the Smiths on in a loop <laughs> in your car, That's like true. hardwired. <laughs> Um, I do like that the song title itself is longer than the actual song, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which is something that Morrissey would later do with like some of his like solo work. Mm-hmm. He just has like infinitely long titles yeah. to songs, and he's just like, I get it. We get it. Call it, just call it Bullfighter. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be the Bullfighter. Do- everything yeah. is mm-hmm. over and over. But this is uh, a real lovely song and a perfect Morrissey song. Mm-hmm. Uh, about longing and uh, you know the the lyrics are very simple you know uh good times for a change yeah. <laughs> uh and he just just this begging for something nice to finally happen mm-hmm. to him and then the last like third of the song of, of the minute and a half or the minute and 50 seconds is like a mandolin a solo mandolin solo <laughs> by Johnny Marr and i was reading about this um in uh uh my like Mozopedia book that uh, they didn't play it a lot because they, at least they didn't play it earlier on. This was from, uh, it was like a B side of, of one of their songs from like 84, but they didn't play it a lot until they got another guitarist that came on tour with them because they had no one to continue with the guitar part 
Once he started playing mandolin. Once he got to the mandolin. So they oh. just never played it live for uh-huh. a long time. But I do appreciate that this feels like a very balanced Morrissey and Mar song where the arrangement is very nice mm-hmm. and it's all compact within two minutes. And then a good portion of it is just Morrissey stepping away as he plays the mandolin. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a very, um, I don't know, interesting song. But what I understood drove Morrissey crazy was that it was later covered and extended to like an over three minute version of it. And if you've ever seen, um, uh, it was used in uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Really? There's like a long version of it. I think when they're walking around uh, the art gallery in Chicago, you can hear like another version oh, of the wow. song wow. that like charted and like got to like number yeah. 81. So, oh, wow. Uh, you know, and any sort of slight. Any mm-hmm. <laughs> it was going to put more over the edge. Mm-hmm. Any, anyone else getting one over on him? Well, didn't he have, didn't uh, Rough Trade or whatever, ha- let other artists cover those songs anyway? Like they would just let other singers use the backing tracks well it too? was it was the first of their songs to ever have been like covered mm-hmm. by someone else or released as a cover and of course oh. charted in some way in his book he talks about some somebody else doing that with uh like would stiff do that i don't know if stiff oh yeah because they, they had the kirsty mccall like they did that with the tracy ullman uh well they don't know yeah yeah i think they let some kind of not not like patula clark but some lady who's kind of the equivalent of that cover another one of the songs and just here's the, yeah here's the track just take it you just record just go with it just yeah. go with it uh, a band called the dream academy covered it oh really steve yeah. win not that steve win the other steve win oh really yeah the dream academy do life in a northern town or that was something else. that's some that's dream theater dream theater i okay. think it is our halftime oh my god we're we're Coming in a punk rock pace uh, here. Um, we are the Mount Rushmore podcast, and we're here to, er- to entertain you with all our podcast wares that we are selling currently on uh, uh, anywhere you get podcasts. Go back, download, rate, and review past episodes. We'd love a five star rating. I don't know if you're going to give it to us, but we'd love it. Please, 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 for once in our lives, let us get what we want. Good times for a change. And so you could also go on to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and interact with us on social media. You could suggest a future podcast topic. Please go to our Facebook page where we host uh, a handful of videos that feature our smiling faces. Uh, Richard is handsome. Michael is handsome. I pass. I'm fine. I'm fine. Let's do it again. And uh, I don't need need any, any... plastic surgery it's just just a nip if I could just get this stretched out maybe this big wrinkle in my face would go away and I would finally find love Jeff's trying to trying to fill since we've had 12 minutes of contact so far far. you're just like Gabby Gabby in Toy Story 4 what's that sound guys oh my god oh my god who could be coming oh my god Ben Gylus? <laughs> oh my God. Jeff, is, Jeff is running on the beach now. It's me, Andrew Jackson, <laughs> the punkest president of all. You guys say there's two-minute songs? I like two-second songs. Could you sing one for us? All right. Yeah, that's pretty punk rock, I got to say. Here's another one. All right, I got another one coming. How do you like those two-second songs? Pretty good. This has been me, Andrew Jackson. Peace out. (laughs)
<laughs> hey guys, I uh, just got back from the restroom, washing my hands. What's happening? We, we heard ninety nine songs in the span of the fourteen seconds you were gone. So oh, cool. And Andy Jax was here. And, oh, Ajax was here. Yeah, you oh know he God. doesn't like Andrew Jackson because it's too long. It's too long to say. So he decides he just with his music he just goes by Ajax. All right, uh, Richard. Wait, who's first? Yeah, no, that's right. Mm-hmm. You're on. You're on. Okay. You're on okay. it. Okay. Uh, so my third choice. A little bit along the same vein of the Clash song, in that it was the first song off the first album for this artist. So, once again, kind of the idea of starting your introduction to the world musically being this very short, punchy type song. It's Welcome to the Working Week oh. by Elvis Costello. Okay, cool. Now that your pictures in the paper being rhythmically admired, you can have it or that you have ever desired. A song that he wrote as on his way on the subway to and from his job as a data programmer mm-hmm. at, I believe it was Revlon, or I think it was Revlon, mm-hmm. or L'Oreal, it was one of those mm-hmm. two. And basically it was a song, it's a song about him hating his job. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the line, I know that it don't thrill you, I hope it don't kill you. Mm-hmm. That's something that I think most of us can relate yeah. to. Um, you know, lots of great wordplay, kind of vitriolic. You know, it's for the majority of the song, it's just him and his acoustic, or not, his electric guitar, mm. which is something that's a little bit different. You know, usually if someone, if it's a solo instrument, you're going to hear an acoustic. But with him it's doing gonna be, it, going to be my next choice, actually, well, one that's a single an acoustic with a, one. Acoustic, yeah. Yeah, so actually, so is mine. Hmm. Um, so it's it was. I think because his voice was so unique, his style was so unique, the fact that he's playing it kind of as this, almost like you would picture a busker or somebody playing Mm -hmm. it like at a a club or some small club. Yeah. And the fact that the song is, you know, a minute 50 long, I think it gave a really unique introduction to someone who became a obviously very unique and impactful uh, musician. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, there was the wordplay. I've been reading Nick Lowe's, a biography of Nick Lowe, and Nick says that he and Elvis, or he and Elvis kind of look back on some of the wordplay, especially within a title. Like if they do a song called Time Wounds All Heals. Right. They just kind of thought, it's just, I was so working so hard to be too clever. <laughs> like, too clever by yeah. half, yeah. yeah. And if I would have just put that effort in not to write these like, double triple puns in these lyrics and things like that if i could just like i don't know polish up the song be more direct be with more it. direct or something yeah. like that and i'm not saying that that song suffers at all uh for that at all and it found it found it, what it is nicely is portraying this portrait of this kind of working class dork a punk dork who right. elvis kind of came out he kind of was yeah 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 so that's a neat that's a neat choice okay winfield um my next choice is the one that made me think of this category in the first place. And it's a song called I Felt Your Shape by a band called The Microphones. I thought I felt your shape, but I was wrong. Uh, never heard of them. They, he went by uh, microphones for a long while until 
put out like three or four albums, uh, an artist by the name of Phil Velrum, and then their last album was called Mount Erie, and then he changed the band's name to Mount Erie, so oh. he's been recording as Mount Erie for the last 10, 12 years, something like that. Um, but it's just a, it's him and his guitar singing a single, like long verse of a song. And it's just a one kind of verse song. Kind of just starts with the guitar playing, and he uh, sings just these lovely lyrics. Um, I thought I felt your shape, but I was wrong. And da 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 da. And a minute and fifty-five seconds later, it's over. It doesn't have a, a break really in them. It doesn't go into a uh, like separate verses or a chorus or anything. It's very. Um, Diuretic is the wrong word because because <laughs> you know, that means you're you're trying to expel water out of your yeah, body. Yeah. But it's like it's like a diary entry, uh-huh. and he's a very interesting artist in that a lot of his stuff is kind of like these. It's it's either these really intimate diary entry type acoustic songs, or these really loud big songs, kind of about like the universe and the earth and like nature Mm -hmm. or they're Mm. very personal. Mm -hmm. If you ever want to listen to the saddest album you will ever listen to. Oh, wow. A few years ago, uh, he put out an album called, um, uh, what's it called? The crow looked at me and it's about, uh, his wife had given birth to their daughter and four months later she was like diagnosed with cancer and she died and it's just very intimate Ooh. and very honest and very brutal. And this is a, like, you listen to it and you're like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never, like, you don't listen. It's just sad. Yeah. And yeah. he's had, like, and he's a very, like, honest performer. And he, like, now he doesn't perform any of his older music because he says, like, I nothing was, nothing, nothing mattered. Is the same. Nothing is the same. That, that, that world is just so different. Oh, wow. But very, inter- very interesting. Guy, check check out uh-huh. the song and we'll, we'll play some of it. What's right. it called again? I got the band. Man. Oh, uh, the microphones and the song's called "I Felt Your Shape." Oh wow, okay, okay, but man. But it, it's within this two minute span and it's just perfect. Okay, uh, man, Freddie, your last one. All right, my last choice is "Never Talking to You Again" by Husker Du. Oh. There are things that I'd like to say. But I'm never talking to you again There's things I'd like to pray somewhere But I'm never talking to you again I'm never talking to you again I'm off of their seminal, and I use that term as a music snob would, seminal album, Zen Arcade. Um, This is kind of a little bit opposite of the last two choices I, I, I had, which is a shorter song kind of serving as the representative example of someone Uh as their first sort of as their introduction to the music audience with Zen Arcade Husker Du had already put out a couple of albums and a few EPs of this melodic but very much hardcore Uh punk kind of sound and Zen Arcade was the album that kind of broke the mold for them it had lots of elements of that but it also had lots of almost like psychedelic elements um very melodic elements mm-hmm. and with this song an acoustic version oh so it is a uh, minute and 40 seconds no, i'm sorry that's that was dreams reoccurring uh minute 39 
uh, written and sung by uh, Grant Hart, the drummer for the band. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of the uh, McCartney to to Bob Mould's Lennon. Mm-hmm. And it's it was actually the first song that I was the song that I was introduced to Husker Du through. I had an old SST Records um, compilation of acoustic songs that were put out on the label, and SST was the big uh, punk rock label in Los Angeles and the West Coast through the eighties. So Black Flag actually founded it. Descendants, you know, all these mm-hmm. all these bands kind of oh. came out on SST, and it stood out amongst even other acoustic songs by punk bands. Um, it's on this album, Zen Arcade, then I picked up Zen Arcade. And the album is kind of a concept album. It's as much of a concept album as any concept album in music actually ever is. You know, it's never really yeah. that much of my... But this kind of was to some extent. And it's wedged pe- between these two very loud and aggressive guitar songs. Mm-hmm. So you've kind of... it's I think it's song number four. So you've kind of got like two or three very aggressive songs to start off that's kind of this wall of noise and then you've got this song to sort of break it up and it is sort of grant hart talking about being in a relationship and just you know tired of wasting all his time trying to talk to this person so he's decided he's never going to talk to them again um so it's very much in the breakup song yeah ilk um but very again i think something that that applies to I think all of these songs that we're talking about very direct mm. very uh, very to the point with what it's trying to say musically and also lyrically mm-hmm. cool okay Winfield my last choice is um, All Shook Up by Elvis Presley well I bless my soul but what's wrong with me I'm itching like a man on a fuzzy tree my friends say I'm acting wild as a bug. I'm in love. Whoa. And um, this was another song that I heard, and it was just over so fast. And I don't know if how many of Elvis's songs were like that. I was kind of just looking through just now, and uh, his teddy bear song mm-hmm. uh, also like clocks in under two minutes. And he just had like a number of songs, and maybe rock and roll in its early days. Uh, you know, they were experimenting with what music was and definitely the origins of it, um, you know, coming out of blues and um, especially out of the South as Elvis did and Nashville and everything. Um, some of their songs weren't just like these, I don't know how to say it, but like they were just like these little ditties. They're just these little songs that they yeah. you put Elvis on and it turns into something special. And I was reading like the the history of the song, and apparently the origins of the name and the title is kind of disputed. Where Elvis claims that he woke up in bed and he was all shook up, and <laughs> the original uh, the writer of it, Otis Blackwell, um, he just had a good phrase, basically. Right. <laughs> yeah. I love when writers, the actual writers of the songs, are like, "Yeah, I just wrote the lyrics to it. I just wrote it down. <laughs> I wrote, right. I wrote the music, and everyone else is like trying to claim that." Oh no! It was a an advertisement for Seven Up or something that mm-hmm. was inspired. It's like the writer's like, no, I, yeah. I just I just wrote it because I know how to write songs. Because that's what I do. That's what. Uh, so I became kind of an Elvis Blackwell f- fan when I read about him, and he supposedly was the fastest songwriter in on the planet. And people would sometimes challenge this skill by doing something like, "Can you 
oh, you can write a song about anything. Can you write about this and shake a bottle of Pepsi? <laughs> and I'll shake it. That thing's all shook up, man. Yeah, that thing's Wait all shook up. Wait a second. Yeah. Or, or they, when you got such great lyrics as her lips are like a volcano that's hot. Yeah, yeah. They're not they're not the most sophisticated, but I think that versus those cold volcanoes, <laughs> right? <laughs> there was supposedly one night, I think it was like Christmas. This is even seems more like legend, but Otis Blackwell sold like four four songs to Sam Phillips or something, and they were all number one golds for Elvis. But Otis Blackwell would also choose phrases that would stand out in a catalog. So all the songs that started with "baby" or "love" mm. uh, would be skipped over, and something that stood out like "Don't Be Cruel," which he got from a comic book bubble, a romance comic where a woman is hmm. talking to a man, and the caption is "Don't be cruel." Uh, so he, he would find things that just didn't fit into that That's funny. into that list. No, well, how clever! Uh, yeah, and supposedly Otis Blackwell was. Um, he was an African-American person born in Brooklyn, but he loved country music. And Doc Palmas was a, I think, born in the South, maybe New Orleans or something, and came up to Brooklyn, and he loved rock. <laughs> and they would pal around together. So, yeah, cool. Are some great choices, you guys. Um, I, um, I, I am going to just run through and just grab some and see what we come up with. Um, I liked the background uh, I love the the Smiths, so please, please, please. It's fun to find out, uh, kind of to have one, at least get some mandolin in there somewhere. <laughs> um, you almost kind of broke my heart with that. Uh, uh, the microphones felt your shape. That's so fucking sad. <laughs> um, and then I got to always go with, we got another, we got, we had two Elvises in this list. Costello with, um, Welcome to the Working Week, and you sure educated me with uh, Never Talking to You Again, Richard, by Husker Du. So, we had a tie. Oh, wait, hold on. There we go. We got all the sound effects in. What was the final scoring on that one, Michael? Uh, Richard won five to seven. Oh, wow. All right. Okay. Well done. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Mount Rushmore Podcast. I, as always, am Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. 